Well, welcome to a Super Tuesday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marshy. Good to have you along for the ride today. I mentioned it is Super Tuesday, and it's a very, very special day. First and foremost, I got to throw this out here just because, I mean, it, it, it hasn't happened that often recently, but tomorrow is the first day of the San Diego County Fair. And uh, I was talking about the Orange County Fair not too long ago, and uh, the San Diego County Fair is getting underway. It actually kicks off tomorrow, June the 7th, and it will run through July 4th at the Del Mar County Fairgrounds in North County, San Diego. I'm sorry to say the only time I ever went to the San Diego County Fair was 30 years ago. Oh, my goodness, when I was working for a Christian radio station that we now compete with here on the Bottom Line Show in San Diego, so I'm not going to talk about that. Um, the, the fair's roots, I mean, one of the things I love about our California state fairs and the county fairs and things like that, San Diego County Fair started in 1880. And the idea was farmers would get together and they'd have competitions. They would, you know, have cattle riding and uh, horse and stuff like that. And then they would also uh, share ideas for, you know, how they were succeeding and the food. And it's kind of funny when you think about fair food today, because fair food today is, you know, deep fried flaming pickles and stuff like that. <laughs> I just don't think it was anything like that. Um, the San Diego County Fair wound up at the Del Mar Fairgrounds back in 1936, and it still holds court today. Now, remember, of course, that the uh, uh, the uh, fair itself hasn't been in operation all that much because of the pandemic. This is only the second time uh, that the fair has returned since the coronavirus pandemic shut everything down. But now that there are no restrictions, it's 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day, set, uh, June the 7th through the July 4th, except uh, in June, uh, because July 3rd is a Monday and July 4th is a Monday. Uh, Mondays and Tuesdays, uh, the fair is shut down. Um, parking, <laughs> hello, uh, 20 bucks. You could camp for 50 uh, or for per preferred parking, rather. And the admission prices are uh, $15 on Wednesdays and Thursdays, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They're 20 uh, If you are a senior age 62 and up, curses, I won't be able to get it until next year. Um, $12, you save uh, 3 bucks off the general admission uh, on Wednesday and Thursday, and another 3 bucks on the weekend. Kids are a dollar less. Okay, and kids 5 and under, always free. So have a good time at the San Diego County Fair and enjoy that. Okay. Um, today is also a very special day. And for those uh, who listen to the Bottom Line Show right now, our uh, Bottom Line listeners on KCBC are listening to uh, part two of a special re uh, retrospective. Uh, Gary Bauer and Tom Rose are talking about D-Day. It was June 6th, 1944. Oh, my goodness. That means next year is the 80th anniversary of D-Day. Wow. Do you remember? I mean, we think about uh, the Omaha Beach and Utah and gold, Juno, sort of things like that. This uh, was given the code name Overlord. It was the largest amphibious invasion in military history. 7,000 ships and also landing craft manned by over 195,000 naval personnel. And remember, the Allied forces were the driving force behind this. Eight different Allied countries. Now, of the 195,000 Navy guys who were coming in from you know, the Allied troops, 133,000 came from the U.S. and the British Commonwealth. And those are the ones that came and landed on D-Day and the casualties on that first day, about 10% of the troops did not survive. By the time the end of the month rolled around, 
the invasion had continued, the invasion of Normandy and France, 850,000 men, 148,000 vehicles, and 570,000 tons of supplies had landed on the shores and the beaches of Normandy. Uh, This was the battle, the turning point in World War II. By uh, May the 7th, 1945, German General Alfred Jodl signed an unconditional surrender. So here's what happened. Of course, General Eisenhower was the one uh, who said that this is, if we do this, it's going to be swift and certain. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's interesting. If you go to uh, the Eisenhower Library website, you can find all sorts of reports and uh, information. As a matter of fact, this is one thing I appreciate about military strategy that we don't often see in the current day. And this is something I think that for us as believers, we would be wise to take into account. There were the orders of the day that were written that were issued to the soldiers. You can actually read um, you know, what the Eisenhower on down were handing to the Allied troops. In the same spirit, though, uh, in Dwight Eisenhower's pre-presidential papers, there's something called the in-case-of-failure message. Um, originally, apparently, uh, it was dated July 5th. It should have been dated June the 5th. But I love the fact that the Allied troops were ready for this thing, first of all, to be swift and certain, but also uh, ongoing. It was a big attack, you know, uh, mostly by land and, uh, excuse me, by sea and by air. But the fact, too, that a good military strategist also has a what happens if this didn't work something in case of failure. I was having dinner years ago with a dear friend of mine uh, who works in the mortgage industry, escrow, and his wife is an attorney. And we were having dinner discussing uh, different things that were happening in the political world. And Dustin and his wife, Jennifer, Jen kind of looked at me at one point and she was, we were asking about some issue of the day. And I said, okay, counselor, uh, which side of this issue would you want to take? And she said, oh, I'd want the defense. And I thought, really? I mean, it was a case that literally was the type of thing that we in the body of Christ would look at and say, wow, this is kind of, uh, you know, it, it's, it's something that we wouldn't want to be on the attack side. We want to be on the prosecution side. We want to, you know, we don't want to have our, to, to mount a defense uh, for our Christian values that, that are being attacked. We want to stand up for the Christian values and put the culture on trial, as it were. And she looked at me with a big smile on her face and and said, you know, I I would certainly want that. She said, of course, any good attorney is going to know both sides of the argument. And I thought, you know, there's such wisdom in that statement that I would long for us in the body of Christ here in this culture to really listen to, to pay attention to. There are so many things in the culture that are vile and foul and offensive. There's no question about that. And as Christians, we are called to be salt and light in the world. We are the light of the world because we have the light of the world, Jesus Christ, in our hearts. And if you've ever been into a darkened room, I was reminded of this uh, recently, uh, going into a darkened gymnasium. It was a school that was doing a production of a musical play or something like that, musical theater. And they wanted complete darkness so you could see the stage lighting and see everybody up in costume with their makeup on, whatever. And I realized that as I walked into the room, I was looking for total darkness, but there were a couple of holes that had been poked into the papers, the black papers that were covering the windows. And then, of course, there are the exit signs that are illuminated in green. 
And here I was in this massive full-size gymnasium with seating, you know, room for bleachers to be pulled down on either side. You could get several hundred people into this facility. And as I looked in the darkness, before I was kind of stumbling around looking for the light switch, I realized, hey, you know what? You could have this place completely pitch dark except for one little pinprick of light. And guess what? The light will be visible. In other words, the light will overcome the darkness. Now, when you take into consideration Jesus' words in John chapter 3, verses 16 through 21, you know John 3, 16. And more and more people are becoming more familiar with quoting John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. That's 16. 17, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Okay. Now, verse 18, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's only begotten son. And begotten, of course, I think is a better translation than one and only because begotten is a direct reference to the fact that if something is begotten, it's an exact replica. When you're looking at Jesus, you're looking at God. And when people look at us, though we are not begotten in the physical sense because of what God has done for us through his son, Jesus Christ on the cross, when people look at us, they see him in us. But John chapter 3, verse 19 says this, the verdict is this, the light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. In other words, hey, you know what? Here's the thing. I mean, people are doing... A, dark deeds in the darkness, the light shows up and instead of saying, okay, you got me, I'm going to turn away from this, I'm going to repent from my sin, the culture now says, hey, you know what? Turn that light off. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. I mean, don't bother me. I'm not hurting you by doing what I'm doing here in the dark. You go live in the light and everything's fine. Just one problem with that. That first option, let me stay in the darkness, is not an option. Basically, everyone eventually will have all these things brought into the light. And what John says, chapter 3, verse 20, everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. God sees the evil too, obviously. But he sees the hearts of his children either sinning or repenting or praising him. But we're all brought into the light, and one day everyone is going to be brought into the light. And what a glorious and terrifying day that's going to be, depending on which side of the cross you're on. Uh, we have a link for uh, this information on D-Day, by the way, up at thebottomlineshow.com. Also, the information about the San Diego County Fair is up at thebottomlineshow.com. Dot com as well. As we continue, have you ever wondered if you are living up to your full potential as Christians? Have you ever wondered if what you are doing is what God actually called you and equipped you to do? You know people, I know people who said, oh, you know, I think God has given me this gift. And you can look and say, no, I, you know, I don't think so. I really, but how do you know? How do you know? That is the question. Uh, Dr. Laura Harris-Smith has been a regular contributor to the Bottom Line Show for many, basically for the better part of the last decade. She and her husband, Pat, Dr. Chris Smith, are the co-pastors of Eastgate Christian uh, Creative Fellowship in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, 
they have written a new book on helping people understand what it is that we are equipped to do and called to do and basically encouraging us to not just make your mark in society, but to make your splash, maximizing your career and cultural impact by discovering your spiritual personality. They've written this book. It just came out. It's up at thebottomlineshow.com. On the other side of this break, Dr. Laura Harris-Smith and Dr. Christopher Lee Smith are going to join me to talk about the rivers of influence to which God calls us and why it's important to be able to play around and splash around in that water, but also to understand there is a current that is leading you somewhere. And here's a hint. It's where God wants you to be. We're going to talk about that on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Well, special guests joining me today here on The Bottom Line Show, and this is family, not just special guests, because there's a brand new project out, and Dr. Christopher Lee Smith, Dr. Laura Harris-Smith are joining me to talk about it from their studios in Tennessee. Uh, Laura and Chris, welcome back to the, well, I should say, welcome back to The Bottom Line for Laura, and welcome to The Bottom First Line time. Show, Chris Smith. That's welcome, right. Thank you, Roger. It's good to be here. It's good. We have a great book title here to talk about, too, but I want to find out just where you guys are, where you've been, because I know the last six months in particular, your ministry has just been going great guns. I mean, all over the place. Can, can you give us maybe a 60-second overview of what's happening with Eastgate wow. Creative Christian Fellowship, with the book, and just all that stuff? We may develop a Twitch or something going trying to... <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, yeah. We, in the last six months, I, I'll say it this way. Last year, in the first six months of the year, we were in 20 states. And then in the end part of the year, there was like everything just kind of dropped off. Like, what's what's going to happen? Right. Thing by thing began to pick up. And then once again, in the first half of this year, we have successfully both finished uh, me, my second doctorate, him, his first doctorate. Congratulations. Um, the launching of the college. We we have uh, a college that our church, Eastgate Creative Christian Fellowship, is starting, and that has taken so many twists and turns for legal reasons because mm -hmm. we are determined to do this right so we had all of that to iron out and then um we had 21 episodes of the three my television show to film nrb our oil company underwent so many different changes we had a new grandbaby like boom 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 boom, boom. and now it's june 1st i don't know when this is going to air yeah. but it uh it has done the same thing last year we have a blank <laughs> slate for the last half of the year and we are eager to fill it up with church and college and all things smith vacations yes. 
<laughs> well, that would be nice too. That would certainly be nice too. Well, the brand new book that just came out recently is called Make Your Splash, Maximize Your Career and Cultural Impact by Discovering Your Spiritual Personality. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com uh, to either of you. What exactly is a, I mean, people talk about personality types all the time. I don't hear a lot of dialogue about spiritual personality. What do you mean by that? Well, I'm going to take this. Sure. Um, you know, it started, Roger, as a, a sermon we we were that we did about two years ago, and I'll let Laura go into a little bit more detail uh, about that, but it started as a sermon. As pastors, we try to make things in Scripture practical for people, because we really right. want to see people not just know the Word, but be doers of the Word, and so in an effort really to make uh, Ephesians 4, 11, and 12 practical, which is the uh, what the church calls the fivefold ministry of the church, the apostles, the, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. So often we found as pastors that people don't really think that that's something that's for them, but it, it's something that is for people who are called into full-time ministry. Yeah. But we really wanted to make this practical, and so we framed those offices as personality types. And I did ask the Holy Spirit if it was okay for me to do that so I wouldn't come under judgment. Yeah. Uh, and we felt a release to do that, to make it practical for people to understand that when they get born again of the Spirit, they actually get a piece of their Heavenly Father's personality through the Holy Spirit placed inside of them for a unique purpose. And we really have tried, because if you go and read that passage, it says, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the service. Mm. And so really, that's really how it was birthed. We really want to see people understand that when they are born again of the Spirit, they get a piece of their Heavenly Father for a purpose to go out and create impact in the world. And personality Lord, tests are just, well, I was just going to say personality tests are all the rage. Mm -hmm. Everybody's talking about them. Everybody's taking it. My daughter is teaching, you know, on Enneagrams. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just like a national, international craze and so i actually took a chapter in the book and and i guess you could say i reviewed the top 20 personality tests that that just drive us all you know crazy like uh so we're gonna compare ourselves to a bunch of other people in a similar category and revel in our weaknesses and you know <laughs> laugh at all these things when really mm -hmm. what we wanted to do was to create a spiritual personality test that would compare us to our heavenly father he he the holy spirit has a personality mm -hmm. And we don't think he has multiple personalities, but we do think that based on the fivefold, yeah. yeah, the fivefold offices in Ephesians, that some of us are prophetic type personalities. Some right. are apostle personalities. They're the obvious leader in the room. Some are teacher personalities. Mm -hmm. And so we created our own. We reviewed in one chapter all the, you know, most favorite international personality tests in the world and what they had in common and how accurate they are. But then ours which you go to online, there's a secret link in the book, and you can find out, I mean, down to the percentage, uh, what your spiritual personality is. And there's no way, I had somebody ask us this in an earlier interview today, um, but I always take those tests and I'm able to kind of cheat my way into the answers that I think I need. I need to hmm. answer a certain way. It's called the halo effect in serving yep. You You answer the way you think you need to, but you can't, you can't outsmart even yourself in this test that we've created. It's 50 questions that put you in 50 scenarios in your everyday life, at work, at home, mm -hmm. and when you're playing, you know, and you just answer what you do what you in these do. certain yeah. situations. And at the end of it, you're going to, it's going to be like a big light bulb. Mm. God has put in himself in you. 
I love it. Dr. Laura Harris-Smith, Dr. Christopher Lee Smith, my guest today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called Make Your Splash, and we've got a link for it up at thebottomlineshow.com. Why water? A lot of people would talk about, you know, the path you're to take or the mountain you're to climb or something like that. But you you, you go all nautical on us here. What, what What's the significance of water then? Laura brought that piece to the equation. I'm going to let well, So I, he said that he referenced it started with a sermon. Mm -hmm. It was actually in the middle of a pandemic, or I should say we've been all locked away in our homes for about a year. And people were starting to wonder, do I have to go back to that job? Is it mm -hmm. time for me to re reinvent myself? Yeah. People were working remotely. Mm -hmm. And wow, what else could I do remotely or start my own thing? And so we just wanted, we literally just as pastors wanted people to have that component and be able to say, hey, am I paying the bills or am I doing what God created me to do? So mm. I set out. It was my turn to pre he had preached the previous Sunday and I was like, I'm going to add my component to this whole spiritual personality thing and your gifts being used in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And so I start with what I thought everybody would recognize, which is the seven spheres of influence as outlined in the seven mountain mandate. I've never read any of those books, but they're 50 years old. My goodness, Bill Bright from Campus Crusade for Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, Lauren Cunningham from YWAM, the Lord independently of each other gave them that mountain word and they came together and created it and it served for a half a century. Yep. Uh, but I started looking at our church database because I wanted to get everybody up the next morning, send them to the walls and say, okay, now choose your mountain and come sit at it, you know, and, and let's talk mountains, let's talk spirit yep. of influence. And what happened was about 20% of our church database would have had no mountain to go to. Mm. Just think about like, there's not any place for IT. There, 50 mm -hmm. years ago, there really wasn't an right. IT field. So I wind up thinking, I don't want to touch these Revere Mountains. What should I do? And the Lord said, Laura, for this teaching, it's not mountains, it's rivers. He said, rivers flow everywhere and touch everything. And I want you to help people find their river of influence and help them just go play in it. Mm -hmm. So it expanded from seven to 10, eventually to 12. Uh, the next morning, everybody had a place to sit. It was perfect. Like, I just felt like everybody knew and, and some by the end of it were saying, well, I started off sitting over here with the educators, but I'm paying the bills, man. I'm a creative and they'd get up and go over to their other <laughs> river. You know, it mm -hmm. was it was life-giving. And before we knew it, a book was born. Boy, I think that's fantastic. And the book, Make Your Splash, is up at thebottomlineshow.com. Chris, as you watch this unfolding in this sermon series, you guys were team teaching. Uh, did you start asking questions like, well, I mean, I, just knowing Laura as long as I have and having gotten to meet you a couple of years ago, um, I, I could see several of these where I could see her not only splashing, but swimming, backstroking, <laughs> diving, you know, really frolicking about. Did, <laughs> did you did you look at this and say, oh, my gosh, that makes like light bulb time for you as well? It, it really did. You know, we've, we've both had uh, looked at our career paths and have had very interesting career paths. I think everybody does. Yeah. And it, it, it is all the hand of God using the unique things that he's placed in our lives and having us play in different in different areas through the course of our life. And I think right. that's fun. I think that's that's amazing. Some people get stuck in one job for life and they get bored. But man, if you can figure out how God has uniquely created you and find your river or multiple rivers multiple. And, and splash yeah. in all of them, yes. you're really going to live a more fulfilled, I believe, a more fulfilled and purpose-filled life. And that's you, Roger. You, yeah. You've <laughs> always been in like the media river and the ministry yeah. river. 
Yeah, yeah. And it's okay to have, you know, a couple different places. And I love the idea of splashing and playing. So let's take a quick break and then we'll dive in and we'll take the plunge and see what's going on here. Uh, Pastors Laura Harris-Smith and Christopher Smith are with me today here on The Bottom Line. Their brand new book is called Make Your Splash, Maximize Your Career and Cultural Impact by Discovering Your Spiritual Personality. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. More of this conversation in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, uh, Dr. Laura Harris-Smith, Dr. Christopher Lee Smith with me today here on the program. Uh, Laura, in case you have not heard her on our program before, is a naturopathic doctor, has four degrees in original medicine, and is also the host of the talk show called The Three. I love the fact that she has more than 50 years in television, which means you were literally, they televised your birth. Is that what they're, <laughs> you're trying to tell us here, Laura? No. no, my parents owned a chicken restaurant. Oh, okay. Three years old, and I was free talent. I don't even there remember. <laughs> I've been television and been on stage ever since. So. I love it. Well, Christopher Lee Smith is the president of Eastgate Christian <laughs> College, and he spent more than 30 years in publishing and producing and songwriting and artist development. And you just hang out with these really small up and coming groups like the Beatles, Nelton John and Amy Grant and <laughs> things like that. What Chris, what led you out of the that world into the ministry world full time? What was the pull for you? Well, again, I... It started as I started become a, becoming aware that there was a convergence between my natural and acquired gifts, mm-hmm. yeah. my spiritual gifts. Uh, I was fortunate to work uh, in both secular and uh, Christian music, but in my years in Christian music, the environment was such that I really got to, in my 30s, to late 20s and early 30s, really got the opportunity to to be open about my faith in in my job. And it created an opportunity for me to become real aware that God had put some unique things in me, not just through my natural and acquired gifts, but through my spiritual gifts that they right. could be used in, in the corporate world. So uh, that convergence happened in about 1994, pretty solidly for me. And then over the course of the next uh, four or five years, the Lord began nudging me about uh, stepping out and doing something different. And uh, for me, I, I'm very entrepreneurial, and I thought it was something that he was going to have me start a, a, a business. So I launched out of the corporate world and started my own business. And with it, six children, six children, sure, why not? What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> At the same time, the, the music industry went through its digital transformation, right. and most of the independent business I thought that I was going to have available to me uh, just disappeared overnight. Mm-hmm. Wow. So uh, we were very involved in our church, and I got more involved in my church. Uh, and then it was as God, so uh, as Laura likes to say, Jehovah sneaky, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he had yeah. us prepared for a season when uh, the church we were attending um, went through a, some, a couple of pastoral changes and we ended up in pastoral ministry Love it. without not even it being in, on our, yeah. on our, really our life map, but wow. had it on his life map. Wow. Laura, what was that like for you with Jehovah well, sneaky showed up? You know, um, I'm usually the instigator. Uh, I remember one story where he was out trying he had to support sick kids, you know, and, and so he was out in his office with the want ad, want ads classified. Yeah, oh yeah, classified. And he yeah, and he had newspaper. And I walked out there and I was like, What are you doing? And I snatched the paper out of his hand and I said, Your destiny is not in that newspaper. So I am the last wife you want. <laughs> Don't want to, you know, go anywhere, do anything new or take any risks. Uh, so, you know, 
you're the best wife to have. Okay. Yeah. Well, so that's it. how yeah. I felt about it. But we did sit down and have a family meeting with all the children who are a myriad uh-huh. of personalities. Yeah. Yeah. And said, how would how do you feel about this? Can we do this? And honestly, for the next seven years, we call them the rice and beans and beans and rice and rice and beans years. Um, it was what was it, mm-hmm. 2872 you know days, number. but who's counting? <laughs> In between the music industry, and we started, it wasn't it we thought it was going to be a music business or a music artist management yeah, company. And instead it became a church, Eastgate Create wow. Christian Fellowship. So, wow. and it, wow. it's been all hands on deck ever since with all of I us. love it. I, I think that's great. The book, Make Your Splash is up at thebottomlineshow.com. Laura Harris-Smith and Chris Smith are with me talking about the series that that kind of gave birth to this, but also the idea that we take a plunge, that we, that we God has these rivers for us to play in. And we were talking during the break about some people are really, uh, you know, kind of surprised to find out that the home and family river is a river where you can certainly make a splash. That's a place where a lot of people like to hang out and play, but there are others too. And Laura, you mentioned before the break in our earlier segment about how some of the things that you're addressing in this book are new to a lot of Christian thought in terms of the cultural impact, simply because the culture is change so much as we sit here on digital technology, having a Zoom chat, you know, people are watching on myhopenow.com and listening on our affiliate radio stations too. Talk about, kind of give us just maybe just a quick overview of a couple of these uh, rivers that people are plunging into and splashing around in. Well, you just look at the world around you, okay? So we start with the home and family river and we end with the ministry and charities river. And, Mm -hmm. And in between those are 10 rivers that affect Everything you do every day, there is the IT river. There's, um, I think of another one that wasn't included in that first model, and that was just the the military or our paramilitary Mm -hmm. folks. Chris had a good point. At one point, he said, where do the waitresses and garbage men go? And oftentimes they would be included in the business sector, but some of them aren't entrepreneurs and we need those people. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, we need those people. So everybody has a purpose. So we just outlined all of these different Rivers, we also felt like that as we looked at our own church database, 42% of them were on what the mountains teaching calls the entertainment mountain. Mm. But we looked, and we are a creative arts church, but we looked at these the 42% and we realized that all those people weren't entertainers. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I created a separation of the creativity river, which is your painters, uh, your textile workers, your songwriters, and then you've got your entertainers who, I mean, give them a mic and they're happy for life. You know, they, what they do. And when you delineated it like that, it was 22 and 20% respectively in our church. So, so we just created some, uh, some new ones and really honored some, what should have been there all along ones, you know, and, and it's just been beautiful to see how people now take that diagnostic test that's also in the book and they are on a, in a hidden link and then they are able to take the results of their spiritual personality test and combine it in their workplace test that they take and see oh okay what does a prophetic personality act like on a movie set mm-hmm. what does a <laughs> personality act like in an it cubicle you right. know and we have language for each and really it just spells out how god's going to use you wherever yep. you are Gives you a framework. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and framework is so important. I'm talking with Laura Harris-Smith and Christopher Smith today here on The Bottom Line. Their brand new book is called Make Your Splash, and we've got it linked up at thebottomlineshow.com. Just a couple minutes left, and I'll put this question out for, for either of you. Uh, it's very intentional, obviously, that you're talking about rivers as opposed to lakes, uh, you know, because that implies that there's some kind of flow moving yeah. somewhere. Um, I like the idea of making a splash and playing in the river, but ultimately it sounds like 
that's where we're supposed to be making progress and moving forward in our walk. Talk about how important it is to understand the the balance between the two. Have fun splashing around, but know that the river is going to take you somewhere. Can I just say that in the first, I think it's chapter two and chapter three, we talk about all of the miracles that God used water to do in scripture, whether it was Moses, you know, in the basket or Moses parting the Red Sea, walking on water. It it is so common for God to use water that we feel like it's nothing new. Uh, Definitely. If you, if you look at even how all of the bodies of water, which by the way, rivers start in the clouds, they start in the heavens and then the water trickles down over a mountain and, you know, then into a babbling brook, then a stream, then it becomes a creek, then a river, and then it flows somewhere into the ocean. So we feel like that movement, that current is what you want to try to achieve. It's not go with the flow. We don't believe that you should go with the flow. Right. We're talking right. about actually swimming upstream in culture and taking taking back culture, taking back just your workplace, being an example for Christ. And really even it sets you free from the places you failed at doing that. Maybe you were in the wrong industry. Maybe you were trying to be a pastoral voice when really you're a prophet voice, you're a prophetic type. So we just lay all of that out and bring some clarity to why you're succeeding here and why you're not there and how you can get on track. And, and I think the water is, is, an, is also a metaphor for the Holy Spirit. You yes. know, we're living by the Spirit and, and, and walking and going through a life by the Holy Spirit. There is a, um, there's not only a purpose, there is an ease. There's an ease to that. There's, it's, it's a grace. It's the grace of the unmerited favor of the Lord that goes with you. Right. And it makes that work pleasurable. When you find what it is that you're really created to do and you go and do it, it doesn't feel like work. It feels like you're splashing. It feels like you're you're really enjoying what you do. And we find that there are so many people doing things that they really don't enjoy doing. And that's really how we bring the splash into the workplace. If, If you're passionate and you're flowing with the Holy Spirit, you're really going to enjoy what it is you're doing and you're really going to shine. You're going to look different. Make your splash, maximize your career and cultural impact by discovering your spiritual personality is the brand new book by Dr. Laura Harris-Smith and Dr. Christopher Lee Smith. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Can't wait for our listeners to get wet, kind of splash it around and taking the plunge in reading this book. I've been saving those for the whole conversation, so I had to throw them in there. Guys, congratulations on the book launch and thank you for the great work you put into it. Appreciate you being with us today here on The Bottom Line. That's voice and radio. Thank you, Roger. We We appreciate you. Well, thank you. The The feeling is definitely mutual, and uh, this is a fun resource, but it's very serious, too. I mean, in terms of helping us as Christians focus on where we're supposed to make our splash. Does our life have purpose? Does it have meaning? And when you see more and more young people, especially young people in the millennial generation and in Generation Z, who are questioning what their purpose in life really is, a book like Make Your Splash helps you get the idea that this is what God made you for, That's what he intended you to be. And during these strategic times, it's more important now more than ever to basically maximize your career and cultural impact by discovering your spiritual personality. Make Your Splash, the brand new book by Dr. Laura Harris-Smith and Dr. Christopher Lee Smith. Uh, We've got the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And since it's Tuesday, we have two copies of the book to give away. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, two copies to give away of Make Your Splash by Laura Harris-Smith and her husband, Chris Smith. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. 
800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. On the other side of this break, want to get your opinion on something. Is it time for take me out to the ball game anymore now that the Dodgers have done what the Dodgers did and what they're going to do coming up on Friday night, June the 16th, the pride night, as it were, at Dodger Stadium, the whole bit with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Going to get into a little bit more of the X's and O's of this and get you a, get a chance to weigh in and how you feel about it too. Would you? Are you going to wind up boycotting Dodger baseball and Major League Baseball in general because more and more incidents like this are happening? Or is now the time to be salt and light? 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. You've been in an accident and the worst thing you can do is to wait to contact Stephanie at Cover Law. Stephanie frequently talks to people who waited too long to seek help with their cases or tried to handle them on their own. And by then, it's too late. Family and friends mean well, but they can give truly bad advice. Often even trusted advisors will try and convince you to wait for more compensation. Stephanie knows the insurance companies want you to wait. They don't want you to file police reports, and they don't want you to reach out to Stephanie at Cover Law. That's because Stephanie is keenly aware of the tactics they use and why. She spent 20 years litigating for insurance companies and knows the strategy they will use to minimize their liability and your awarded amount. Insurance companies are for profit. They don't share Stephanie's Christian values, and typically they won't be fair to you. Don't deny yourself the ability to get better. Go with a proven expert in the field of personal injury and contact Cover Law at kbrightradio.com slash C-O-V-E-R today. Stephanie Cover is the only personal injury attorney I've ever recommended, and there's a good reason for that. She's honest. She's trustworthy. She loves the Lord, but she also knows the law, too. She can tell you what to do. I've talked to too many of Stephanie's clients who all say the same thing. Do what she says and do it the way she says to do it. Learn more when you go to kbrightradio.com forward slash C-O-V-E-R. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. My thanks again to Dr. Laura Harris-Smith, Dr. Christopher Lee Smith for writing an outstanding book that's going to help you figure yourself out. Or this is, I'm telling you, telling you, this is, I mean, I realize it's graduation season. Most people are going to graduate have already graduated. But if you're looking for a resource to help a young adult in your life, or maybe you're coming up on those retirement years, you're about to transition from a full-time job into not a full-time job, and you've always wondered, is this, I mean, did was my job my purpose? Was this what God created me to do and be? Uh, Laura Harris-Smith and Christopher Lee Smith have written a great book to help you figure out your spiritual personality with regard to your gifts and talents and abilities. The book is called Make Your Splash, Minimize Your Career and Cultural Impact to discovering by Discovering Your Spiritual Personality. Nothing but five-star ratings up at uh, Amazon. And we've got two copies of the book that we're giving away right now. 800-227-5278-800-227-5278-800-227-5278. That's the number to get you through to the bottom line. Now, it's interesting because we're taking your calls on this issue. How do you make your splash? How do you make your mark? How do we as Christians, we're all asking the question, what can we do in the culture to have the most positive and effective impact for kingdom glory? And then we get into June, and June is, quote-unquote, Pride Month, when the LGBTQ community basically takes over all of society 
I mean, today's D-Day, right? If you didn't hear the first, the opening half hour of the program, I did a little homage to why the uh, attack on the, uh, well, the storming of the beaches of Normandy, France was so pivotal to World War II. I can remember uh, years ago when Vin Scully was still with us, that one, uh, the Dodger game, I think it was on a Sunday. It was an afternoon game. It was June the 6th of whatever year it was. And in between pitches of a couple of at-bats, Vin Scully told the story of D-Day. And I was so impressed, first of all, because when you're doing play-by-play for a sporting event, you have to remember, and I learned this from Vinny. I mean, he not that he told me, we never met personally, but I remember him being interviewed. And he said, you know, the thing about being an announcer that's so exciting and challenging all at the same time is we are watching the game along with you in real time. But we don't have the luxury of being the highlight guy who's back in the studio after the game's over, who's had hours to watch the tape over and over again, edit the plays just right, write out what they're going to say, and then boom, they sound cool. Like, you know, all the talking heads do in the studios. When you're doing the play-by-play, you're watching the game unfold in real life, and then you're commenting on it. But you're commenting on it as it's happening, the same way your audience is also watching it. And so you have to be just a half a step ahead of them in describing it and doing it so perfectly. Gave me a much greater appreciation for good announcers and helped me understand why there's so many bad ones. But here's Vin in between pitches of a baseball game talking about D-Day. And I thought, this is incredible. This just absolutely blows my mind. I shudder to think what Vin Scully would think about what's happening at Chavez Ravine on Friday night, June the 16th. I can't for the life of me imagine that Vin Scully would be okay broadcasting that game. Knowing that there's going to be a celebration of a group of uh, drag queens, for lack of a better expression, a group called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence Incorporated, who will not only be receiving a community service award, and I say that in air quotes, because, uh, well, I'm going to get into some of the quote-unquote community service they do, and you tell me if you think this is right. But the fact that they were recognized by the Dodgers as a exemplary community service hero award winner, and then the group uh, Catholic Vote contacted Dodgers and said, hi, by the way, uh, we're a Catholic Vote. We are part of the denomination of Christianity that is the largest in the world. The reason there are 2 billion people who profess faith in Christ is largely driven by the number of Catholics there are in the world. And we love Dodger baseball. You court us, have courted us for many, many years, as I've shared on this program before. My broadcast history in Southern California goes back 30 plus years. And I remember working at a Christian music station here in town, 1986, 87, 88. We were on speed dial with the Dodgers, even though we were in Orange County, because we were part of the faith and community uh, program. And so if they wanted to reach out to the Christian crowd, they had Tommy Lasorda doing sound bites for us and inviting us up to uh, the stadium and giving away tickets to games. Then they had Hispanic night and African-American night and Asian night. I mean, they were targeting and the Dodgers are very marketing savvy. So their involvement in the pride festivities was not accidental. To quote or paraphrase Tony Blair, when someone asked him, remember he was prime minister of Great Britain, and George W. Bush was president, and a lot of people on the left were like, George W. Bush is very smart. Now, how did he become a president anyway? He's not an elitist like us. Um, if they'd done their homework, they'd find out he was a globalist, but not necessarily an elitist. 
But someone asked Tony Blair because George Bush and Tony Blair got along pretty well. W. Bush. And they asked him, uh, the, the interviewer did, uh, you know, how did this guy wind up in the White House? And Tony Blair just looked at the reporter and responded quite uh, candidly. He said, look, nobody stumbles into the White House. And in this day and age, when you see all of the <clears throat> LGBTQ pride stuff happening all over the place, none of these organizations just happened. I mean, Target didn't just open up one day and find all of these pride displays. This is very strategic. It's very calculated. How do we cozy up to the cultural elites? You you could say, I mean, we, we could sit here and argue demographics. We can argue statistics. We could say literally 2% of the population falls into the category of LGBTQ, AI+, et cetera. And the vast majority of those people are in the B category, by the way. And yet the culture is falling all over itself to show acceptance and love and whatever else you want to call it, inclusivity. But the question is, why would the Dodgers cave? And how do we as Christians respond? The phone lines are open. We're giving away the uh, Chris and Laura Harris-Smith book, Make Your Splash, Maximize Your Career and Cultural Impact by Discovering Your Spiritual Personality. We've got two copies to give away. 800-227-5278, is the number to get you through to the bottom line. However, uh, the phone lines are also open if you would like to call in and share your thoughts with regard to the Dodgers and the capitulation, because initially the Dodgers extended the offer, then they heard it from the Catholic voting group, and they said, wait a minute, we blew it. And then the LGBTQ mafia came after them. And I'm going to read you the statement that the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence now boast and post on their website as the Dodgers have re-invited them. And then the angels rushed out down the freeway and said, oh, wait, 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 we want to get in this too. And man, I just, I'm curious, is, is June 16th, 2023, a special day for you? Was that the night you were going to go ahead of the weekend and celebrate Father's Day with your dad or your grandpa? Is that somebody's birthday? Do you have kids in your family that wanted to go take me out to the ball game, the Dodger game, and this is what they're going to go to? I'm curious. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. You know, it's interesting to see how many people are willing to put the proverbial money where their mouth is. And I'm grateful yesterday here on the broadcast, Dennis Wilson joined me from Wilson Financial and said, hey, look, I know how important the ministry of preborn is. I know how important the ultimate, uh, you know, the, the goal here is to get ultrasound machines into preborn clinics. And that's why Wilson Financial is putting up a $7,500 matching grant that can be matched with another $7,500 by Bottom Line Show listeners. And once we get that $7,500 raised, another preborn clinic is going to get an ultrasound machine. I want to thank a couple of people here. Shirley, who called in from Arupa Valley yesterday with a $56 donation. Shirley, thank you so much for that don donation. Also, Delia uh, called in from Pico Rivera with a $500 donation. I'll tell you that $500 donation goes quickly. If we have 14 more $500 donations between now and Father's Day, that means another ultrasound machine will be installed at a preborn clinic right here in Southern California. 833-850-BABY is the number to call. 
833-850-BABY or go to kbrightradio.com or rogermarsh.com. Let them know you heard about this on the bottom line. Make your best donation today. Oh, you can leave this one up for a little bit because unfortunately, give it some more volume, Joel. Yeah, here comes the Stormbringer, baby. Oh my goodness. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, where we regularly play Deep Purple, but not to celebrate secular music. Uh, but man, I mean, where we are spiritually in the culture right now is you can feel that the wrath of God is going to be unleashed at some point, that the judgment of God is upon uh, the United States. As a matter of fact, in the coming weeks, I've asked Rick Pearson of Prophecy USA to join me again. This is the guy who says, hey, remember you were told uh, that you won't see America in Bible prophecy? Well, guess what? Uh, that one hour that changes everything is the book that we've talked about in the past. And Rick uh, talks about that, the hour literally where the rapture is going to happen, and America's gonna, America is going to be a very much a part of it. But he's got a new book out about the coming exodus, and we'll be talking with Rick maybe next week or the week afterwards. But today here on The Bottom Line, we're wrapping up this half hour, and we'll spill over, we'll splash over into the next half hour as people are calling in for the Laura Harris-Smith and Christopher Lee Smith book, Make Your Splash, uh, Maximizing Your Career and Cultural Impact by Discovering Your Spiritual Personality. we got two copies to give away between now and the top of the hour, so you want to get in and get those calls before we hit the top of the hour. 800-227-5278 is the number that gets you through to the bottom line for the rest of the program we'll also be taking your calls with regard to the la dodgers inviting the sisters of perpetual indulgence then disinviting the sisters of perpetual indulgence then reinviting after a groveling apology and for us as Christians asking the question, what do you do? Do you boycott? Do you show up with Christian gear on? Do you try to witness? Uh, did get a, a text from one of our uh, listeners who said, hey, we were big time Dodger fans, uh, basically were. Uh, family has a boycott on the Dodgers. Um, brother has a teacher class, was decorated with Dodger stuff, and it's all down. It's all been taken down. As a matter of fact, people are canceling their subscriptions to MLB TV and they don't want the Dodger stuff anymore because of what the Dodgers did to capitulate to this group. Now, as Christians, I believe that the we are to love and care for creation. We are to show the love of Christ to everyone we come in contact with. But as my uh, friend and colleague guy who's been on the bottom line many times before, Joe Dallas posted recently, he says, isn't it loving to say, hey, look, what you're doing what you're proposing is morally wrong. I mean, if I had, I mean, five years ago, when I had open heart surgery to repair my heart, the doctor would not have been terribly loving if he said, yeah, you know, your, your bicuspid valve is in stenosis, it's closing, there will be no oxygenated blood going through there. But you know, you look great because you just lost a bunch of weight and you're fine, you're fine as I go face first into a plate of pasta. <laughs> I mean, that's not terribly loving. Sometimes being loving says, we're going to have to tell the hard truth to somebody. I'd love to hear your story, your take on how you're handling the boycott or not of the Dodgers, of Target, Walmart, some of these other places that have gone a little too rainbow because it seems like this year we've hit the enough is enough stage. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. 
800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. For our KCBC audience, this ends the live part of the program today, but you can catch the final half hour tonight at 7 on Bottom Line Extra. Rabbi Schneider and Discovering the Jewish Jesus comes your way next. For those who remain on the network, more of your calls as to are you boycotting the Dodgers? Are you staying away from Target? Does it not matter to you? 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and uh, we are taking your calls, 800-227-5278. This whole uh, kerfluffle with the Dodgers and Major League Baseball and and then with Target um, got just, I think it's finally hit a boiling point with the body of Christ. And I'm grateful to see more and more Christians talking about it. The question is, how can we most effectively witness our the gospel, what Christ has done for us? To people who are this far gone, not only you know in the LGBTQ world that are just out there. I mean, the issue with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence is part of their routine is they have a routine that they do where they put a young man dressed like Jesus on the cross, who's wearing like a loincloth type of thing, and then the sisters get up and do a strip tease on his head. I mean, it's it's decadent, it's disrespectful, it's 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 an abomination. And people will say, well, but they do a lot of good community service. It's all just a bunch of fun. Yeah, sure. Where is the, and I'm going to run the risk of offending anybody in the Muslim community. Where, I mean, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence were founded on Easter Sunday of 1979 with the express purpose of mocking Christianity, in particular Catholicism. Why isn't there a drag queen group called the Yo Moms instead of the Imams or something like that, where they mock uh, uh, Muhammad? same type of deal. You won't see that anywhere. Matter of fact, all of this gay pride stuff that you see here in the States, do you find this in the Middle East? You would be hard pressed to find a rainbow tuckable bathing suit for a boy who's trying to pass as a girl in Syria. And yet the community here in the United States seems to think that's okay. It's crazy. Anyway, we'll get to your calls in just a moment. Congratulations to Anna Maria from El Cajon and Julie from Modesto. There are two winners of the great book by Dr. Laura Harris-Smith and Dr. Christopher Lee Smith called Make Your Splash, Maximize Your Career and Cultural Impact by Discovering Your Spiritual Personality. Anna Maria and uh, Julie, I hope you really enjoy this book. Chris and Laura are wonderful people, good dear friends, and I think you'll be blessed by this. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Okay, phone lines are now open for your comments regarding the Dodgers, regarding Target or Walmart or any of these other uh, groups that are fully LGBTQ. We're hearing a lot of people who are saying we're Christians, we should be boycotting, but is that the most effective way? Just kind of doing a straw poll here 800-227-5278 let's go to the phone steve in san diego hey steve welcome to the bottom line show hey excellent i'm so happy to be able to speak on this for a moment um if i can have a little more time than normal this is about a group of people called luciferians they worship lucifer that we pleasantly know as the devil or the adversary these are people that literally worship at the high levels, maybe not Dodgers, but higher level management, the billionaires, the elitists who run these corporations, etc. Their god, Lucifer, is literally a different version of Baphomet. Baphomet comes from the city of Baal, uh, Baalbek in the Bible. 
Yeah, when you see those statues out there, Steve, just to, uh, for our listeners, a lot of times you'll see the statue that they want to put in city halls or things like that, that they're saying, well, you know, we, we want to have our statue too. That's typically who they have, that it's the Bathabit statue, big imposing thing sitting on a, a, a throne, as it were. That is correct. If you look, it doesn't take much careful look. Baphomet is a mixture of a man and a woman at the same time. I'm going to keep it sterile for the viewing audience, the listening audience, but look at uh, Google up a photo of Baphomet and you'll see he's a transformer. Baphomet is a transformer. They're pushing this because this is their religion, just like Jehovah's right. Witnesses knock on your door to push uh -huh. Jehovah. These people are pushing Lucifer. Boy, that's a, Steve, to, just to, to accentuate again, this is a point that uh, more and more people are making is when you look at the transgender ideologies, uh, it is a religion. It's not just a quote unquote lifestyle. And I, I'm curious, do you have a comment with regard to like the Dodgers getting involved in this or Target? Are you, are you and your family boycotting? How are you, how are you addressing this directly with these organizations? Directly, I think it's up to all of us to rebel, to boycott, mm -hmm. to picket, to protest, to call in, to let all these people know that, you know, 99.9, .9, and that's another thing, the 2% figure is wildly, wildly exaggerated. The, the correct figure is about one-tenth to half a percent. And it's been that way since the days of the Roman period, the Phoenicians, 8,000 years, it's been that normal amount. I'm not saying who God makes to do whatever it is that they need to feel they need to do in life. However, when it's being pushed upon children who are under 18 or being pushed upon me or my loved ones, mm -hmm. it's offensive. I don't really care who you have sex with. You could have sex with the tree as far as I care, but don't tell me about it. I don't need to know about it. I didn't ask you. I didn't question it. It wasn't a questionnaire and it wasn't my business to begin with. So it's, 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 as I said, it's a religion. They are people who are worshiping the Baphomet. Now, I admit there's people who are called homophrodite, and if you do a genetic survey of their chromosomes, you'll see they have a certain difference, but they're very rare. They're one out of 14,000, 15,000 people. Mm -hmm. The rest of them, it's a, it's, it's a personality, it's a desire, it's, a, it's a, an internal need, and that's fine, as I said. Yeah. I think everyone is fine with their own belief internally, physically, desire-wise. But the fact that they keep pushing it and pushing it, as I said, it's a religion, and it's called yeah. Luciferianism. Not all of them would know. Not all of them would go around in black capes on the, you know, the, the different holidays they have and worship in, in the forest with candles. It's not all that way. Sometimes it's people that just want to mock Jesus. And please stop calling them the nuns of whatever. They're not nuns. They're mocking. Mm -hmm. They're mocking. They're not nuns. They don't go to church on Sunday and confess and, and read the Bible and the liturgy. They're mocking. I get offended when they say the nuns of perpetual nonsense. It's not. They're literally mocking. They should be called the Luciferian nuns. Because yeah. That would that would be a more accurate statement, Steve. Hey, thank you for your passion and thank you for sharing today. That's really good insight, and I'm grateful that you called in today here on the bottom line. Steve brought up a an interesting point about the the so-called Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, and that's their trademark name. I mentioned that when the when they first uh, had the opportunity to be awarded this community service award, 
Um, they, of course, accepted it because they'd love the, P the PR to be in front of 50,000 people at Dodger Stadium to get this quote-unquote community service award. Then the Dodgers were approached by the Catholic voting group that said, don't do it. And then, well, here's what happened next. And this is the uh, this is the statement that they have on their website. I, by the way, I don't recommend going to the website. Uh, it's not for the faint of heart, but I'm reading it to you anyway as public service for me to you. Uh, here's what they wrote. We, the Los Angeles Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, apparently they're an international group, are proud to accept the Community Hero Award from the Los Angeles Dodgers for our 27 years of service to the LGBTQIA2S community. This morning, our abbess, Sister Domina, and another board member, Sister, I can't pronounce his name, uh, met with Dodger President and CEO Stan Caston, heads of the leading LA, Los Angeles LGBTQ community operations, and members of government from LA County, the California State Legislature, and the city of West Hollywood. Uh, just a sidebar note, West Hollywood is nowhere near Dodger Stadium. Why on earth they felt that the WeHo crowd needed to be there only signals the fact that that's kind of the center of the gay Mecca in Los Angeles. Okay. They continue, a full apology and explanation was given to us by the Dodger staff, which we accept. We believe the apology is sincere because the Dodgers have worked for 10 years with our community, and as well, they have asked us to continue an ongoing relationship with them. In the future, if similar pressures from outside our community arise, our two organizations will consult and assist each other in responding alongside our colleagues at the Los Angeles LGBT Center and others from the LGBTQIA2S community, now more closely tied with the Dodgers than ever before. This affair has been an opportunity for learning with a silver lining. Our group has been strengthened, protected, and uplifted to a position where we may now offer our message of hope and joy to far more people than before. With great love and respect, we thank each person and organization that we have, spoke, uh, that have spoken up for us. Thank you, and may your hearts be blessed with pure joy. That's the statement from the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence that are now being honored. And everything they wrote there is a true statement. The Dodgers apologized. The Dodgers said they were sorry. The Dodgers said they were wrong. The Dodgers, for crying out loud. One of the most profitable business operations in the history of professional sports, if not all of entertainment, went bended knee to the gay community and said, we're sorry. This is way more than just business, brothers and sisters. And oh, by the way, for those who are saying, well, we need to boycott the Dodgers now. We can't go to there. We can't buy their stuff. The Dodgers have been working with the LGBTQ community for the past decade. My question there is, where were the boycotts last year? Where were the boycotts the year before? How about five years ago? In the future, please be assured that this tiny organization that now has tremendous power, kind of reminds me of the small boasting horn in Revelation, right? In the future, they say, if similar pressures from outside our community, which the Dodgers are now a part of, arise, our two organizations will consult and assist each other in responding. Now, please notice, too, if you've ever been to a faith and family day at like Dodger Stadium or Angel Stadium or Petco Park, the Dodgers rather quietly stopped doing faith and family nights quite a while ago. So when all this kerfluffle came up and Blake Trinan, relief pitcher, very devout Catholic, Clayton Kershaw, very strong evangelical Christian, they went to Dodgers management and here's what they were told. 
we're doing the pride thing. You're going to wear the rainbow banner logo in the Dodger logo on your cap, but you can have another faith in family night on July 30th if you're good boys and play along with the rules. Battle lines have been drawn, brothers and sisters, but there's something else we need to consider as Christians. And that's not only what is the message, but who is the messenger and how is the message delivered? We'll take a look at that coming up next as the bottom line continues in just a moment. You know, I think one of the messages that we are delivering to the community right now is that we in the culture are not going to stand idly by while leftist ideology winds up running the day. Case in point, for 49 and a half years, the Sanctity of Life community has fought valiantly to make sure that the pro-life message is heard. And the pro-life message has gone through a lot of different changes until finally we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of the overturning of the disastrous Supreme Court decision Roe versus Wade. Now, what makes this rather interesting to me is the number of people on the pro-abortion side who say, we're with science and we're with women's rights and we're with truth. But the reality is until you get to see the ultrasound of the baby in the womb, you're denying the truth of what's happening there. And preborn has the courage to speak the truth in love to women who are pregnant and may not be ready to be moms. So they think they find out when they see the ultrasound, they get to see the baby, they get to hear the heartbeat, and they get to make the best decision for that child, whether to be a mother for mom, to release the child for adoption, or in some isolated cases, they choose abortion. Your $28 donation to preborn right now will save one child's life. Go to kbrightradio.com and click on the link for preborn today to make your donation. Boy, isn't that the truth? It may be the devil, it may be the Lord, but everyone is going to serve somebody. And ultimately, at one point, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The question is whether or not um, you will be on the Lord's side. Your name will be in the Lamb's Book of Life. 800-227-5278 is the uh, number to call. If you have a comment with regard to the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, I was reading the Los Angeles Times last weekend that they said, well, I don't know why they were uh, you know, coming down so hard on the Sisters. They're, they're a fantastic nonprofit group. They do tremendous work in the community, and they do have uh, a part of their outreach called the Sisters Grants Fund, they, and I'm reading for their website, they, they support underfunded small organizations and projects providing direct services to underserved communities. The majority of these organizations and projects receive little, if any, government or mainstream funding, and they may be in the early stages of development. We're attracted to progressive grassroots projects that promote wellness, joy, tolerance, and diversity within our communities. So here are the recipients of their grants from last year. Queer Expression in Oakland, a grassroots volunteer-led community organization that facilitates inclusive creative movement and art-making spaces for queer and trans youth ages 5 to 25 in the Bay Area. The Deaf Queer Resource Center, a nonprofit that empowers, uplifts, and brings more awareness and visibility to the underserved, multiply, marginalized, deaf LGBTQ communities. Navigating consent for people working in the sex-positive community. That means sex workers. Bay Area, Mexiqueer, and Two Spirits Collective. Sojourn Chaplaincy. The, those are the nonprofit groups. And by the way, the donations that they make, the grants are typically anywhere from $250 to $1,000. This is the group that the Los Angeles Dodgers decided 
deserved a community hero award. So now the question is, what do we in the body of Christ do? We've heard from people who've said you have to boycott. I've seen social media just kind of go nuts with that sentiment. And I understand it. I completely understand it as to why you would want to boycott. Um, here's the question. What's the most effective way to help spread the gospel against this kind of backdrop? It would be very easy for us in the body of Christ to say, this is an abomination before the Lord, which it is. So therefore, we have to tell everybody how abominable it is. Yeah, that's true. But last time I checked, when I look at the Great Commission, it doesn't say go into all the world and rid it of all the sins that you don't like. I mean, sin is sin, brothers and sisters. Jesus died to pay the penalty for all of your sin and all of my sin, basically for all of the sin in the world. The question is, how many people are going to receive that forgiveness, that absolution from sin because of his death and resurrection, and how many people are going to miss it simply because they go, okay, well, that's fine. Jesus died. That's great. That's kind of like saying, yeah, the rain came and cleaned some of the smog out of the sky and might have watered a few plants, and I hope it helps my house. But when it comes to this, I know how frustrating it is, and we have to speak out against the endangering. I asked a rhetorical question earlier. The Dodgers have been sponsoring these types of nights for 10 years. Target has been doing a pride section in their stores. Not It started for a weekend, then it went for the month of June. Now it's basically a regular fixture in their store, and people keep shopping. What was it that pushed things over the edge? I think in Target's case, it was the fact that they have started selling bathing suits for boys that look like one-piece girls' suits, where there's a place where, if you're not familiar with the term tucking, get used to it, how else does a boy make give the appearance that he's not a boy wearing a girl's bathing suit? You have to have a place to take your manhood and put it away. They're selling those bathing suits at Target now, and that's where people finally exploded. But my question is, if you're going to be picketing, if you're going to be protesting, why did it take 10 years to get to this point, number one? Number two, when Target started doing their anybody can go into the, any restroom they want to story, uh, this was probably three, four years ago. Everyone cheered in the community as the stock price was cut literally in half. It went from $80 a share to around $40 a share. Then it kind of crept back up to around 60 So you've probably seen the headlines that say, hey, Target lost $10 billion in market share. Look at their, their stock went from $130 a share to $100 a share. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. That $130 to $100 is a big drop, but how did it get to $100 in the first place? Didn't we have it down to 40? I mean, Target's shares keep increasing in value because people are buying their stuff. And again, go into all the world and preach the gospel doesn't always mean go into all the world and boycott the stores that you don't like. Do we write letters to the Dodgers? Do we have commentaries and call-ins like we've got going on today here on the program? Absolutely, yes. Let's discuss it. But in terms of whether or not we don't spend our money there or do spend our money there, let's be careful, brothers and sisters, that we don't find ourselves in the situation where we are known more for the things that we're against to where the people who see us doing what we're doing are only seeing that side of us. 
Some final thoughts on that to share in just a moment and a couple moments left for your phone calls if you'd like to weigh in. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. You know, I just finished a meeting in Africa with a group of guys. And I said to them, here's the deal. They want to know how things are going in the United States. Hey, I'm not going to lie to you. Things are crummy. But I said, what you do every day is you get up every day, gentlemen, and you realize that none of this matters. God is in control. And if you believe that, then it, it's all downhill. And, and I said to them, I said, so as we struggle here with the things that we're planning to do here in Africa, it's exciting to see all the things that you guys want to do and the plans you're making. Just know that God is in charge. And so and the bad things that are happening in the United States, God is going to work all of them to good, Romans 8, 28. That's the only solution is just go back every day to Jesus and ask him for guidance on what you're supposed to be doing. Amen and amen. Dennis Wilson, Wilson Financial Services, 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or go to kbrightradio.com forward slash Wilson Financial. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Uh, so grateful for your interaction today, the calls regarding the Dodgers and the Sisters for Perpetual Indulgence and, and what a Christian biblical response would be. Um, I want to thank uh, Delia from Pico Rivera for that $500 donation came in at the uh, early part of today's uh, broadcast. Uh, $500 for preborn and with Dennis Wilson's matching gift that basically spends like a thousand dollars and also Shirley from Harupa Valley with a $56 donation that will basically save two more kids lives. 833-850-BABY is the number to call 833-850-2229. And when you call, just make sure you mention, Hey, I heard the bottom line and they were talking about preborn. And I want to make sure that uh, we make that donation because we have a $7,500 matching gift in place right now. And so when you give a gift, you could give a $500 donation. It basically becomes a thousand. You give a thousand dollars, it becomes 2000. You give a hundred dollars, it becomes 200. You get the idea. Once we raise $7,500, that unlocks Dennis Wilson's $7,500 matching gift. $15,000 later, there will be a brand new ultrasound machine in a preborn clinic. Now, we talk a lot about the evils of abortion, and especially here in the People's Republic of California and Colorado, where basically it's enshrined in the state constitution now. You could say, well, how do we how do we speak out against this? You know, coming up later this week, uh, uh, Pastor Jeremy McGarity from Skyline Church is going to join me. I believe we're going to have him on on Thursday to talk about how Skyline stood up to a California law that was passed in 2014 that basically forced every business for-profit and non-profit to take a portion of the expenses that these organizations, the companies were paying into, their employees were, um, for health insurance and siphon a little bit off the top and put it into a fund to provide free abortions for women who couldn't afford them. And the church and several other churches filed lawsuits and they won. So not only did they have all their legal costs covered by our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom and then because they collected from the court, but also now this is another church that does not have to support abortion. So sometimes if you're going to let your voice be heard, you need to take legal action. I, there's, I understand there's going to be a prayer walk at Dodger Stadium the day of the game, uh, Friday night, the 16th of June. And people are going to be praying. I'm sure there's going to be a great time of worship and there will be the proper denunciation of these this group of drag queens that openly mocks Christianity and our Savior, Jesus Christ. But ask yourself this question too. 
How many guys get involved in a group like this because they had a bad experience in the church and it kind of feels like church to them because it has these biblical names like nuns and sisters and things like that, but they've kind of gone off the beam, but maybe just maybe they need to hear the gospel presented in a way where they don't feel the condemnation of their sin, but they know that there is, I mean, there are consequences for sin, obviously, but there's also forgiveness. How many times do we go into something like this and and we want to, you know, stand up for truth and we want to say what's right and we absolutely should speak the truth in love. But ask yourself the question, if someone had presented the gospel to you, you're an alcoholic, you drink too much. If you don't stop drinking, you're going to hell. That's a meteor that comes at you. And when you see a meteor coming, what do you do? Run, you get out of the way of that. But when someone comes alongside and says, hey man, I know what it's like, what you're going through. Let me tell you my story. I used to have a problem like that too. And whatever your sin was, the main one, we all have so many of them. And then you said, but this is what Jesus did for me. And this forgiveness is available to anybody who believes that the blood of Christ will forgive sin and restore. I would love nothing more than to see every member of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence disband the group and start following Christ. So there is the balance for us. How do we stand up with righteous indignation and say, guys, you're wrong and you're blaspheming what's going on here. And at the same time, do we temper it with, but God desires that everyone everywhere should be saved. And our command is not to go and weed out the weeds in the culture. Look at Matthew 13, Jesus tells the parable of the weed and the tares and he says, look, there's a farmer who had a wheat harvest and in the middle of the night, the enemy, his neighbor came in and sowed the seeds of these bearded darnels that look like wheat until they just about to burst the head up. And when the head comes up, you can see the wheat looks like wheat and the weed is this noxious, noxious, toxic fume that if you don't get it out of there, when you're trying to harvest all this stuff, it'll knock you over. And the disciples are like, well, shouldn't we just weed the weeds out first? And he says, no, you're gonna bring the entire crop up and then we'll separate. And then the wheat gets taken into the barn and the weeds get bound up and thrown in the fire. Brothers and sisters, that's where we are right now. The wheat and the weeds are both growing and maturing. And the reason it smells so foul is because all of a sudden what we thought looked like wheat in the culture is turning out to be weeds. Our natural tendency is to say, let's go weeding. We've got to do that. But our job is to say, no, let's be able to show people what real wheat looks like. God's going to do the sorting at the end. God's going to do the judging at the end. Our job is to be faithful and present the gospel so that some might be saved. Is our desire to see people saved greater than our desire to see them punished? That's the bottom line.